Jason grew up in a single-parent home with no dad around. Besides work and school, there was not a lot to do or to look forward to. He wandered until he met his girlfriend. She was different. She was a believer and their family attended North Point Community Church and invited Jason to join them. After a few months, he wanted to, in his own words, learn about Jesus for himself, not for his girlfriend. So he joined one of the small groups. Members of that small group witnessed how Jason learned about the love of God for him. Eventually, Jason became a believer. Community presents a unique opportunity to meaningfully connect people with God and with other people. And as I thought about Jason's story, I wonder how many people we know who are out there just like Jason waiting for an invitation to be part of something that is life-changing and has eternal consequences. We are still in our series, sermon series, and for the last couple of Sundays, we have been talking about grow groups. The last Sunday, we heard Pastor Julio talk about the passions of a healthy grow group by remaining in Christ as it's in dimension, relating, I'm sorry, the up dimension, and relating in love as the in dimension, and reproducing disciples as the out dimension. The Sunday before that, Pastor Chad reminded us about the why of grow groups, citing that it was Jesus who called us to be part of an authentic community as part of God's magnificent plan leading to real spiritual growth. And I believe that's what all we need and what the unbelieving world needs to see. You know, since my younger days when I used to be a lay leader in a small Baptist church in the Philippines, until today that I serve here as one of the pastors, I have witnessed and experienced how God has utilized authentic community, or in here we call them grow groups, as an effective means to fulfill his kingdom agenda of showing his love to the lost world. Community is God's idea. And that's what he has called us, the church, to be about. We are called to build authentic communities where transformation takes place, where people can experience oneness with God and with one another, where relationships can be so fulfilling and compelling that it creates thirst in a watching world, making it an opportunity for us to witness. And so now it begs the question, how do we do that? What practices should grow groups do in order to build authentic community the way God meant it to be? Is there a recipe? Is there a secret formula or a secret sauce, if you will, in creating authentic communities? One thing is for sure though, scripture does provide for us an understanding of how we can build Authentic communities or grow groups as what we call them here. Grow groups that make disciple makers for God's glory. 
And so today I will be talking about the how of grow groups. Turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And it says this about the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. From this biblical account of the early church, we can glean at least nine practices that have been customary in making a, a healthy and vibrant community. We see worship in there. We see prayer. We see the Lord's Supper or communion. We see love for one another. We see the studying of God's word. We also see generosity and giving. We see proclamation. And we see multiplication. Of course, it's implied baptism follows after that. Now, if we look at all the nine practices, we can actually categorize them to fall under the up, in, and out dimensions of a healthy group life. So let's begin with the first one. Healthy grow groups practice worship together. Notice in the latter section of verse 42, it says in there, the church devoted themselves to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. And then in verse 47, they were praising God, which is an act of worship. Healthy, authentic groups worship, pray, and observe the Lord's Supper together. This is the up dimension of their group life. If grow groups are to fulfill the purpose for which God designed it to be, it is essential that this community of believers remain connected to the true vine, connected to Jesus in worship, connected to him in prayer, and in the commemoration of what he did for us through the Lord's Supper. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As grow groups gather together, it is important to acknowledge the greatness of our God and to recognize our total dependence on him in worship. How does the grow group do that? How can grow group leaders set the tone for each member to feel a sense of awe of how worthy of worship our God is? Well, a good guiding practice is to cultivate a strong sense of gratitude to God for who he is and what he has done in our lives. Colossians chapter three, verses 15 to 16 reads, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You know, in grow group meetings, I usually begin by asking them their highs and lows for the past week. 
Other leaders would say, what is something you are so thankful for since the last time we met? Well, this question actually initiates a mindset with reasons why we should praise and worship God. As we become thankful, we are likewise reminded of his nature, his attributes, who he is. This leads everyone to a sense of reverential awe and worship of our God. Last uh, Thursday night, I had the privilege of being invited by Pastor David to attend the bridge. Pastor David began by asking everyone to share something they are thankful to God for. And after people have shared, our hearts were already primed to worship. And then we sang the doxology. Whenever grow groups meet, it is essential that members come into an attitude of worship. It is important that members ought to remind each other that they serve a God who is for us, not against us, who has all the power and wisdom in the universe at his disposal and will, who is in control and holds the future, who is faithful and is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, who sent his one and only begotten son to die for us so that we can have eternal life, who loves us unconditionally and have called us into his glorious light. When fear, worry, and anxiety sets in, Believers oftentimes forget these truths about our God or the God we serve. And that's why it's highly important that grow groups practice worship, pray, and break bread together. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 23, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Authentic worship takes place when we have absolutely no doubt in our entire being that there is only one answer to the question, is he worthy? Church, is he worthy? He is, amen. Our God is worthy of all honor, glory, praise, and thanksgiving. And that is why we worship him and worship him alone. One of the many things that lead me to worship and gives me a heart that is ever so thankful is how God answers my personal prayers according to his sovereign will. Some of you here know that Two years ago, my mom was diagnosed with hepatoma, a type of cancer due to tumors in her liver. Her alpha-theta protein, AFP, okay? Her alpha-theta protein count was 300 when they found out about the cancer. The normal levels are seven and below. The doctors told her that she has a 30% chance of making it to more than three years. And then they offered her treatments. Well, she declined, but she went for two things. Prayer and dietary change. Every six months, they check on her AFP levels. And so around May of last year, the results came out and it was down to 90. Well, before Christmas this last year, 
she called to let me know that her latest AFP count was 31. I can't wait to announce later on, maybe in the future, that it's down to seven and below. Whenever God decides to take him home soon, her home soon or not, I'm always thankful because I will get the chance to see my mom this summer when I go on sabbatical. The chances are she's still alive. She will still be alive. And so I praise and thank God for that. And for those of you who have been praying for her, I want to take this opportunity to thank you. Healthy grow groups practice worship together. They do that through testimonies, songs of thanksgiving, and praise to God in prayers and in partaking of the Lord's Supper. Second, healthy grow groups practice fellowship together. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. A lot of you know that. But from the context of our passage, it did not simply mean associating with the apostles or the other disciples. This word has a peculiar meaning in early Christianity. The meaning carried with it notions of generosity and giving that it included having goods or sharing goods in common from the root, from the root word koina. Fellowship or koinonia was later understood by believers to mean breaking down of barriers between Jews and Gentiles for in God's sight, no person was common. We see that clearly portrayed in the passage where it says that as the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and koinonia, they also expressed their love for one another by selling their possessions and giving to other believers who are in need. Healthy, authentic groups study God's word, love one another, and are generous toward each other. This is the in dimension of their group life. It propels spiritual growth and unity through loving relationships that form strong relational bonds. It allows for its members to be transparent with their struggles and also willingness to help those in need through burden bearing. They do that because they learn it from studying God's word that they are to love one another and carry each other's burdens. Galatians chapter six, verse two says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, there are a good number of activities that we could think of when we hear the word fellowship. Food is probably on the top three of your list if it's not the first. Uh, of course, conversations on topics that interest us from news, sports, books, to catching up updates on what's going on in our lives. Well, I'm not saying grow groups should not be doing this or talking about these things as they gather. However, one thing should always stand out when they are gathered, and that is talking about eternal perspectives that lead to the building up of the body. These eternal perspectives can only be gleaned from one source, the Bible, God's word. Now, why does that lead to the, to the building up of the body? It does lead to that because sharing eternal perspectives never fail to encourage every believer. Whenever we talk and fix our hearts on what is unseen, we will be encouraged to know 
the glorious future that awaits each one of us. And we are reminded that everything here in this world is temporary. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. I urge you to share thoughts of love and encouragement to each other in your grow groups. Speak words of encouragement. Come alongside others and urge them to press forward towards spiritual maturity. Speak words that make others feel better. Words that encourage them. Words that strengthen them. Everyone has enough problems already. We don't need to add to their troubles by tearing them down. We can do that by building up one another in love. The Apostle Paul exhorted the Corinthian church about eternal perspectives. He tells them in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Author J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a short story about himself. It was an expression of his anger over a neighbor's lopped and mutilated tree that was cut down, he saw it as a metaphor for his internal tree. By the time he wrote it, he had already spent more than a decade toiling away from completing his magnum opus, The Lord of the Rings. But he was fearful that in the end, he would achieve nothing if, his, if he died before the work was finished, which was, of course, a discouraging and dreadful thought. Throughout much of his career, did you know that Tolkien was part of a grow group? Did you know that? He met almost weekly with a group of Christian friends famously known as the Inklings. The group included some of the world's greatest minds, Charles Williams, Hugo Dyson, Owen Barfield, and most notably, C.S. Lewis. We know that at one of their gatherings, Tolkien brought up his fear that he would die before finishing his own internal tree, his life work, The Lord of the Rings. And shortly after that meeting, he was inspired to write this autobiographical parable titled Leaf by Niggle. Was it the Inklings who inspired him to write that parable? We really don't know for sure. But what we do know is that time and time again, this group of Christian friends renewed Tolkien's mind and encouraged him to persevere and finish his work. Without this regular communion with other believers, Tolkien may have never completed The Lord of the Rings. Or C.S. Lewis may have never finished the Chronicles of Narnia. Church, it takes authentic communities with our brothers and sisters in Christ to remind us of eternal truths and perspectives that will encourage us. This is how healthy grow groups practice fellowship when they gather together. Third, healthy grow groups practice witnessing together. Healthy, authentic grow groups proclaim the gospel, multiply, and baptize new believers. This is the out dimension of their group life. Our passage in verse 47 says, 
the early church was enjoying the favor of all people. It was a church that other people could not help liking. There are actually two words or Greek words for the word good, agathos and kalos. Agathos simply describes that the thing is good or simply good. Kalos, on the other hand, has, is not only good, but it looks good. It is winsome. It is attractive. Something is really attractive about it. Authentic Christian community is a lovely thing. It is kalos. And then, verse 47 ends with the sentence, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There is something about the early church that people could not help but notice. People are being added by the Lord to their number daily, not only because it was winsome or chaos, but also, and I'm sure, because it is welcoming. Could you imagine if they were only winsome but would not welcome others to join them? I hope CBC Grow Groups are not only winsome, but more so, they should be welcoming. Which leads me to say, we can be welcoming by making sure our grow groups remain open to people who may be part of us. You know, one of the biggest barriers to multiplication that I have seen among grow groups through the years is that members begin to develop and enjoy a comfort zone called exclusivity. They feel comfortable enough with the existing cliques that they avoid and are not open to the idea of inviting others to join them. And I call it the country club mentality where exclusivity becomes a silent norm, closing its doors to the unchurched because they don't want to leave their comfort zones. May it not be so for our grow groups here at Calvary. Healthy grow groups are open and they continue to invite others so they can point them to Christ and they can do life together. To become welcoming means that groups are to utilize the power of an invitation. This practice leading to multiplication for grow groups simple, simply means this. Keep inviting the unchurched to your grow group and share the good news of the gospel to them. Let me provide you with some compelling statistics. When asked in a survey, what initially brought you to church? Six to eight percent said they walked in by their own initiative. Interesting. Five to six percent liked a program that was offered, including Sunday school. Eight to ten percent liked the pastor. I don't know what Pastor Julio's opinion about that is, but. And then three to four percent said, they had a need met by the church. One to two percent were evangelized. And listen to this, 70 to 85 percent were invited by a relative and a friend or a friend. The average is 83 percent came to church because of an invite by a friend or a relative. The Billy Graham Association issued a statistic that says the average Christian can identify seven unchurched people that they have a personal relationship with. They conducted a national survey and 82% of the non-church say 
they would come to church with a friend or a relative if invited. If invited. Eight to ten of your friends who are unchurched will come if you invite them. I firmly believe the statistic likewise applies to grow groups because they are in essence a smaller representation of the church that is gathered here. If we want our grow groups to be healthy in the out dimension for multiplication to to take place, let us make sure to keep inviting people to join our grow groups. As grow groups plan to do that, it is important that members will also start praying for people whom they will invite. Pray for God to open opportunities for you to invite someone. Pray also that when that opportunity arises, you will have the courage and the boldness to invite the person in case you struggle doing it. Pray that you will overcome the fear of rejection. There's actually nothing to be fearful about when we lead people to Christ because you are actually ushering him to receive the greatest gift that God has to offer. Frank Guerra, Frank and Mardi Guerra, who go to our first service, started leading an off-campus grow group during the pandemic. They meet behind their office building after office hours from 6 to 7.30, somewhere here in Jasmine Avenue in McAllen. What started as a small gathering of a few believers has now grown to an average attendance of 23 people. Seven are from Calvary, while the others are either unchurched or they go to another church. It is amazing to note that five of them who were unchurched before started coming here at Calvary. They also come regularly to their Monday night meetings. And just like Uh, some grow groups here, they have a group text that allows for them to send out Bible verses as a form of encouragement to one another. They are building up one another in love. Recently, a family member of one of those attending passed away in a car accident. The members wasted no time in going and encouraging the family and continued to share God's word to them. Through prayers and encouragement, the family continued attending their meetings. I was told that recently, one of those who attended regularly has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. This, my friends, is a portrait of what a healthy, authentic community or grow group looks like. They worship and study God's word, they practice fellowship, they encourage and love one another, and they proclaim the gospel and multiply. I was actually invited to join Frank's group tomorrow night, and I'm just so excited and can't wait to spend time with these awesome people. Healthy grow groups practice witnessing together. They utilize the power of invitation because they are convinced that it opens the opportunity for the lost to discover the love that God has for them. In closing, I just want to say every believer's life is a tough journey. It's never easy. However, I firmly believe that because authentic community is part of God's design for his children, we should be part of it to make the journey meaningful and worthwhile. We're not to be merely part of it, but more so 
participants in the practices of making a healthy and vibrant community that God meant it to be. And as I end this message, I want to invite and encourage those among you here who are not yet in a grow group or those watching online to prayerfully consider being part of one. Join one. I also want to challenge every grow group member and every grow group leader to start praying and ask God to open opportunities for you to invite someone, preferably the unchurched. Grow groups can be very rewarding because we often get to connect with really great people, really open people, really hungry people, really broken and needy people. And yes, many times we will get to see them grow and change right in front of us. Isn't that a good thing? Amen? Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you have designed community for us, for our spiritual growth. Thank you, Father God, for reminding us that we should be with you in worship, in fellowship, and in witnessing, Father. So I pray for every grow group here. I pray for every person here who will also prayerfully consider joining one. I pray and lift them up to you, Father, that you will use them and utilize them to further your kingdom agenda here and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite everyone to please rise as we sing with the worship team.